listening to the We Are History podcast. And John, it is Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Christmas, everybody. Who are you calling a ho? <laughs> no. Oh, dear. It started already. Yeah, we thought we would do a lovely Christmassy festive episode for your Christmas week. Uh, so this week, we are going to be looking at the history of Christmas. Uh, it's one of those subjects, isn't it, John? Christmas, where you think you know everything there is to know about Christmas, where it Absolutely. all Absolutely. Everyone, everyone thinks, oh, did you know? Did you know? But some of these things might set off the LQI buzzer. For example. Yes. Does Santa Claus really dress in red because of a Coca-Cola marketing campaign? Did Prince Albert really bring Christmas trees to Britain? Did Angela really get that drunk at her agent's Christmas party? John, you weren't supposed to tell anyone about that. These are the questions that people have been answering <laughs> in pubs since the day Jesus was born in the stable with the baby angels. Were you in a nativity, John? Were yeah, I was. Uh, I was third king. I gave. I gave all in primary school my third king. I think it was. It's still talked about, see, Angela. <laughs> see, this says everything you need to know about us, John. Yeah. You were a king. I was a shepherd. <laughs> we had, I mean, we got to the stage when my when my kids were at primary, then one or two of the mothers were like, you know, getting professional costumes done. This is a state Jesus. primary school in South London, but one or two of the mums were like really taking it seriously. You know? Oh, well, you see at my school in the 80s, um, my auntie lived in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. So when everyone else had tea towels on their head, I had a proper... Oh, Arab headdress very good, that my auntie it? sent me from Bahrain. So yeah, yeah. You, were, you were basically yeah. that family as far as I can work we, out. We didn't mean to be, but we were. <laughs> so Christmas, I'm going to be leading on this one um, since yes. um, uh, Angela did last week and she's doing next week's. Mm-hmm. We are going right back to pre-Christmas, uh, pre the birth of JC. How did the Neanderthals yeah. spend Christmas? Did... That's what we're doing, isn't it, John? Well, they obviously had a roast mammoth. <laughs> And uh, well, I mean, you say that, but Stonehenge obviously is aligned with the solstices of our solar calendar. And there was a midwinter festival, we think, at the time Mm. of the shortest day of the year, as well as the longest day of the year. So 21st of December is the shortest day of the year in our current calendar. Have you seen that this year, John, Stonehenge are live streaming the winter solstice? Are they? Because you can't go there at the moment. Wow pandemic reasons. So, at, um, but yeah, you can watch it online. So at that's dawn. Exciting. At dawn, yeah. yeah. I think I may so. be in bed. I'll just check my diary. I'm in bed at dawn on the 21st. <laughs> um, there aren't really written records of pre-Roman midwinter festivals, but we're pretty sure that they did occur. The Romans had Calends, that's with a K, I think we spell it now, which was a New Year festival of drinking, feasting, races and entertainment. And gambling was allowed for that brief period Ooh. of the year. When the fun stops, stop, Angela. <laughs> as the Romans famously said. It's less catchy in Latin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did like an excuse for a piss up though, the Romans, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they so. were, you know, they weren't shy of putting back the old wine. When Christianity overtook the Roman Empire, they just mm. bolted the celebration of the birth of Jesus onto the midwinter festival. It's a bit rude, that, isn't it? You've got a festival. It's like when people say, oh, do you want to do a joint birthday party? And like, no, I want my own bloody birthday party. I don't want to share it with you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, all the pagans said, no, the Christians have ruined the midwinter solstice. It used to be a really happy, unchristian time of year. And now they made it all bloody little, you know, nativity scenes and and bloody crosses and, you know, all that. Now the Christians complain about the commercialisation of Christmas. I think mm. we non-religious people are within our rights to go, well, you nicked the festival off them. Yeah, yeah it wasn't yours. Well, it wasn't yours. So the new religion yeah. of shopping, 
of which of which I am a worshipper. Let us gather. All hail Black Friday. Let us all, let us all gather at Blue Water Shopping Centre, there to worship the gods of Topshop and Zara. Peace be upon them. Oh, look at you all down with the kids. When was the last time you were in a Topshop or Zara, John? I have a daughter. I have a, I have a 25-year-old daughter. Oh, you do daughter. have a daughter. All right, fair enough. I'm glad you're impressed. Uh, millets for me. It was millets. Yeah. Even I feel like I'm uncomfortable in a Topshop. God knows how you feel. Um, so why the 25th, not the 21st? Well, the 25th was the shortest day of the year when the Julian calendar was adopted in 45 BC. And that was before... The leap year was invented by Sir Norman Leap Year. Famously. Famous British leap year inventor. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. realise that that's why it's the 25th, because yeah, before the inserted they, they, leap years. Yeah, they shifted the calendar around and stuff. There you go. I'm learning things on this, Good. John. It's almost like I forgot to read the book. Uh, and I'm learning it as I go. As if you've been really busy, and uh, I did all the research on this one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> I should say, the book that I read, the main book I read for this one was... Christmas uh, biography by Judith Flanders. Is that the one that you got quoted in, John? No, that was uh, got quoted in the other book I read, which is very gratifying. And I'm going John to... was very excited, listeners. He uh, he was read reading a book, a book about the history of Christmas. Was reading it, and I got he sent me a screenshot of a bit where it quoted one of his actual books. <laughs> I'm just sad. That's amazing, it and quoted... he swears blind he didn't know didn't... that that was going to happen. I didn't know it was in there. He it. quoted me, my mate Jonathan Coe, and Jeffrey Archer. So those are the three it, When you read the quote, did you go, this seems familiar? Yeah, and I went to the back and I oh, that's me in the index. He's credited it with me. That was um, Christmas in the British by M. Jones. Um, and I also read The Story of Christmas by M. Harrison from 1951 in my usual Ooh, modern up-to-date yeah. manner. Um, so this is the history of Christmas up to and including 1951. Yeah, well, no, the main one I read was Judith Flanders, which is very recent. Thank you, London Library, for these books. It's very useful. 2017, that one. So we're talking about celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus. Uh, it should be yeah. said that celebrating birth wasn't such a thing in the olden days. I suppose death in childbirth was such a big occurrence that it wouldn't be something to celebrate if, you know... Uh, maybe. Or maybe your it's children just maybe cultures. don't make it, you know. And My wife works for the Red Cross, and when she's dealing with Afghan refugees or something like that, the Home Office say to them, what is your date of birth? And sometimes they don't know it because it's just not a thing for them. It's just not a right, big deal. Yeah. So it's it's different cultures. And uh, we've sort of made birthdays a thing. But back then, the day of your birth wasn't such a big thing. So uh, Epiphany was the big deal. So that's when the wise men turned that's up. That's when they all turned up with their last minute gifts in the all night garage. <laughs> I think that's when Jesus was sort of baptised. I'm not sure. I don't know my Bible. But before John the Baptist... He said, hey, that's my thing. I'm John the Baptist. Literally my name. Come on. Hey, it's what I do. <laughs> it's the, the Gospels themselves. I, I'm not a Bible scholar, John. You may be surprised to know. And <laughs> I, we are here to pretty committed atheists, I'd, I'd say. I'd say so, yeah. You know, um, trying to explain the birth of Christ. Yeah. So, you know, apologies if we're not completely across this. Yeah. But... The, the Gospels don't stand up to a lot of historical examination. No. Like there wasn't a census in Judea that year, was no. there? There was one in 6 AD, like a few years later. Yep. But by then, Herod was dead. Right. So... Yeah, no mention of the stable in the Gospels. James's Gospel says that Mary gave birth in a cave. Right. And they also historians think that the little donkey may be a donkey of average size. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, it's the important details like this, John, yeah. that the Bible just skims over, you know. But the legend has become that Mary gave birth to uh, Jesus in a stable because all the inns were booked up. What with mm. it being Christmas and everything, obviously, everyone's hey. very busy. <laughs> so we we think of the three wise men. In every nativity I've ever been to, there were three wise men. But yeah. actually, the number wasn't specified, was it? In, in not in Matthew's, Matthew's gospel. gospel. I don't know if it is anywhere else. Right. 
So, as we know it, three wise men rock up. They're bringing gold, frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. Because um, I think he got myrrh at the office Secret Santa and was desperate to get rid of it. Do you know what myrrh is, Angela? Do you know, um, I'm sure at some point I've known what myrrh is. And as you asked me that, do you know what myrrh is? I went, yeah, of course I do. And then went, oh, actually, no, I don't. I only know because of Life of Brian. At the end of Life of Brian, they bring it in. She goes, uh, gold. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have that. And frankincense, all right, we'll be there when that smells nice. What's myrrh? It's a balm. Oh, <laughs> she goes, she goes yeah. well, come, again, come again. Don't worry about the myrrh next time. Myrrh, yes, right. <laughs> it's a balm, It's it? a balm. You know, it's not a body What's shop. What's a baby supposed to do with smellies and balm? Well, it's like I mean... body shop stuff, isn't it? So then, yes, there was a bit of a, a quarrel. The Bible records a bit of a quarrel between Joseph and the innkeeper because he had uh, guests in the room after 9pm. And uh, uh, animals. Pretty smelly ones as well. Yeah, strange men with camels, <laughs> angels waking everyone up. Bloody nightmare. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> in fact, Mary the Virgin may even be a mistranslation um, in early Bible texts. Mary might right. be Mary the young girl, uh, which slightly oh. spoils the whole Catholic religion. So, sorry, guys, um, but oh well. it was just a mistranslation. Sorry about that. I mean, even from a very young age, I remember thinking, hang on a minute, right? Yeah. Her and Joseph aren't married. Yeah. She's mysteriously pregnant yeah. and manages to convince him an angel turned up. This is what happened, Joe. This is what, honest, honest to God, Joe, this is what happened. Cleaning and right. this angel came and uh, told it, me I was about to carry the son of God. Honest, Joe, that's what happened. Right. Like, uh, well, I believe you because that seems much more likely than you having it off with the bloke next door. And then an entire world religion. Yeah. Gets, but I mean, I don't, you know, if you're a Christian and a believer, great. I'm, I don't want it, but I just that that story to me just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're just not as trusting as Joseph was, maybe and that's your problem. That I'm, I'm from a, you know, in my family. I think you're from a pagan maybe. family. I think Christianity hasn't quite reached family. the bit of Kent you're from. <laughs> oh, the other thing I'd say is that the bright light, the the, the super um, a star, super star. Mm. wasn't wasn't particularly brighter than any of the other stars in one of the texts. Uh, in one of the oh. Gospels. Uh, that's so how did they know which one it was? Well, it's, it's moving. It's probably probably oh, a satellite. Yeah. It's probably Sky TV or something. Um, but, <laughs> the Russians <laughs> getting in quick. Yeah, so there's quite a lot. And, the, you know, the date doesn't work at all with the year sort of AD. And the idea of sheep being out in the fields in the middle of winter doesn't really work. There's lots of things that don't really add up. But, hey, it's a good story. As everything on Netflix will attest. Yeah. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Print, right? the, print the legend. Print that's the what legend. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John said. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter if they're different legends. It gives them something to argue about later. <laughs> so Christmas became a Christian festival, uh, of course, but a huge variation in how that time was celebrated across Christendom. Mm. I like that word, Christendom. Christendom, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, lots of the pagan stuff sort of just mutated into yeah. Christmas tradition, right? Yeah, it's... burning the Yule log, uh, mumming. Do you know what mumming is? Well, I wonder if it's this, is because in Newfoundland they have Here we mummers. Go. Yeah. If it's Newfoundland the same again. thing, Newfoundland yeah. Angela's birthday every episode. It's <laughs> mummering in Newfoundland. It's a really big thing. It's so at Christmas. It's quite scary and really good for opportunist criminals. Right. Um. So basically, what people do is turn up at people's houses dressed up. With like hoods over their heads and, and straw and things in and, disguise, yeah. and visit their homes and and like it has to happen during the twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, and um, they come they and they do like impromptu performances in people's yeah. it's houses. Of... So they tell jokes and dance and yeah. 
And then the hosts have to guess who they are and that's before right. they offer them food and drink. And that carried on for centuries, right through the Middle Ages. This book I read, Christmas Biography, uh, talks about mumming. Do you know where it talked about it, Angela? Newfoundland. No. Newfoundland. 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 Oh, yeah, well, no. they're still a big thing. It's my family all, every year on Facebook. It's full of their mummering Yeah, yeah. At Christmas. But I think it carried it's on great. for centuries uh, throughout Europe. It's just survived more in Newfoundland than mm. in other places. I think it was the Irish settlers yeah. in Newfoundland brought it over. And, and they still do it. Uh, wassailing yeah, yeah. is another tradition, uh, which is like uh, carrying a bowl of booze from house to house. That's mentioned in Beowulf. Um, oh. And it's sort of, it's like, it's like basically drunken carol singers, I think, really, which is a, 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 great, a great tradition. I would can... have much more time for carol singers if they brought me a bowl of beer. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> we used to go pub to Although pub. Although not in the current climate. When I was a kid, <laughs> we used to go pub to pub uh, mm. doing carol singing for Oxfam. And I was allowed in the pub because, you know, we were carol singing. And uh, my dad, you'd get so pissed. He'd get a pint at every pub. And my mum goes, we're only doing singing, Dad. Just, will you shut up? And uh, <laughs> turned into football chanting. That's my main I memory. Dad, I remember my dad doing a Christmas pub crawl once. And it was during my period of underage drinking. Yeah. And I was in a pub in Maidstone. And my dad knew which pub I was in. Yeah. And promised me he wouldn't make it part of his pub crawl with his mates this charity thing and they were all in fancy dress and um i was with my friends in this pub and i suddenly my friend went isn't that your dad and i looked up my dad walked in with all and my dad was dressed as homer simpson oh god was he yellow (laughs) it was painted yellow and and i just went i was like 16 in this pub trying to look cool with all my friends i just went and hid in the toilets till he'd gone my friends kept going your dad's in there he's brilliant he's really funny i was like tell him to fuck off leave me alone the truth was angie your dad had jaundice and you didn't take it seriously <laughs> so feasting obviously predates Christmas. Uh, we, mm. we, you know, we know the Romans uh, celebrated uh, uh, in the middle of winter. But I've got this from the reign of King John, which is from twelve thirteen. The king's household and their guests consumed twenty-seven hogshead of wine, four hundred <laughs> head of pork, three thousand fowl, fifteen thousand herring, ten thousand eels, a hundred pounds of almonds, two pounds of spices, and sixty-six pounds of pepper. That's pretty good going, isn't it? Those that are... sounds like when my nan says, oh, I haven't got much in. I've got <laughs> Oh, <laughs> You uh... go around my nan's house at Christmas and she goes, oh, I didn't expect, I wasn't expecting you, I haven't got much in. And she opens the larder and She's it's just She's got 10,000 like, eels. Full. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of pig's heads. <laughs> so they knew how to, uh, they knew how to feast. And no, no turkeys in Europe, of course, back then. No, no, they didn't arrive in Europe till 1520. Apparently. Uh, in Spain, um, I think you'll find. In Spain. And then a bit later, we got them here in Norfolk, obviously. Yeah. Bootiful. Bootiful. That's Bernard my... Matthews, bootiful. A little aside here, John. I don't know if you've listened to the Alan Partridge. No, I haven't. Part. It was very funny. The, the, the From the Oast House. Yeah. The bit where I genuinely, and I've never had to do this before, I had to pull over my car <laughs> because I thought I was going to crash it, was a bit where he's talking about a conversation he had with Bernard Matthews about his Norfolk vowels and trying to teach him how to say beautiful. And the line that just got me is when Bernard Matthews just went, it's futile. <laughs> and I just... Very good. <laughs> you have to listen to it. It's oh, so good. brilliant. But oh, yes. yeah, those guys. Um, um, oh, so, yeah, brilliant. so the turkeys, uh, they, before trains, you know, could transport meat, for some reason they, you know, they farmed turkeys a long way from the market in London. They had to set off in August to walk them to London for Christmas. To oh spare God. their feet from getting too sore, they put little leather shoes on all the turkeys 
and they'd be walking them down the you know the road uh, down, down through, the A11, down the A11, <laughs> stopping off at the service station. Uh, but of course, walking all the way from Norfolk to London, they're all skinny by the time they got to London, the Turkish. Oh, yeah. So they had, to, <laughs> they had to allow an extra few weeks to fat them all up again. Oh, so they fat them up, walk them down, then fat them back. Yeah, up yeah, again. it was like quite a, oh. quite a p- palaver, really. Should have just had a frozen one. I would have minded. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have turkey at Christmas, John? Uh, I'm not a big fan of turkey. I find it a bit dry. I, mm. I, I'm wearing roast lamb this year, actually. A, a leg Ooh, of roast lamb. And then um, my, my son's vegetarian and his wife, so we'll probably have some bloody, you know, nut roast or something. But um, <laughs> I was vegetarian myself for 10 years, I should say, until yeah. Thatcher kept winning. We, we don't, we, we're the, one of these, I hate the phrase flexitarian. I don't know what to describe us. So we have a vegan diet okay. apart from... Christmas Day and on holiday because well, we're not like I'm not you know I'm yeah, not, you're not I don't like calling myself vegan because I don't as, yeah. ascribe to the entire lifestyle I just don't want to consume loads of you're right you're right I know you're right but, um, but but bacon is delicious you've got to admit it <laughs> well you say that I think the smell of cooking bacon mm. is delicious eating bacon is never as good as the smell of cooking it oh. Bacon. Really? <laughs> I'm doing really that Homer Simpson thing. <laughs> so uh, other things that yeah. go way back. Giving of gifts was a thing. Good. I'm glad we've got to this because I was like, yeah, all this food and drink and stuff, John. Yeah. It's all very well. Yeah. What about the prezies? Because that's what it's about. It right? is. I mean, Angela, always remember, it's much better to receive than give. Because your parents <laughs> exactly. tell you it's better to give. You're going, no. Because if, re- <laughs> if you give, it costs you money. And if you receive, you've got stuff. So that's clearly better, mum and dad. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't you remember them saying that to you? Teachers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. You're going, to give you, how thick thing. are you? You haven't worked that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. I do find that as you get older, the presents you get are shitter. Well, and you're... sometimes it is better to give than receive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what's the worst present you've had, Angela? Can you think of that? Oh, God. Oh, my dad one year... Um, bought me a, a Kylie Minogue video when we did not have a video player. <laughs> you could shake it or something. I just looked at it for a <laughs> That's bit. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I got I once got a woolly hat from my mum with a bubble on. It was not in my style at all. And um, we were going skiing. So I thought, oh, she's probably thought well, was me and my brother were going to go skiing. And she thought, oh, well, that's probably why she got me a woolly hat. And I said, it's mud, mum, there's mud on this. Why is there mud on this woolly hat? She goes, well, I was walking the dog on the towpath and I, well, I found it and I thought, that's a shame to waste it. She found my present in a puddle. Didn't even wash it. Didn't even wash the mud off and just wrapped it up and put a ribbon around it. It's like, mum, it's basically you're just giving me litter. <laughs> my, um, my agent every year sends me a hamper full of wine. Oh, yeah. Um, which is lovely, but they, it means As, they clearly don't listen to, to this podcast. Because <laughs> then they'd send me a hamper full of beer if they were. Yeah, and you get these massive <laughs> baskets, don't you? Oh, my God. I, I mean, if anyone from Off the Curb is listening, thank you. It's a really generous <laughs> gift. And they're really from Fortnum and Mason's beautiful hamper. But I do now have about eight massive wicker, ham- hampers wicker hampers. That I'm just trying to find things to put in them to reuse Re- my, them. <laughs> my advice, re-gift them. But keep all yeah. the straw and everything and just put really crap things yeah. in them, like uh, windscreen washer replacement and uh, uh, clutch <laughs> oil. And it just somebody will get a fortune and go, this is lovely, open it up. That was a bottle of mineral water. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, we had, one, we had a hamper turn up at my house and my wife goes, oh, you've got a hamper, John. And she opened it all up and she got it all out with a sort of a bottle of wine and some nice biscuits and marmalades. And and, and, and I thought, I'd better write a letter to that producer who I'm working with. It must be from him. So I went to check the little uh, label 
And it's to my daughter's boyfriend. It's not to me at all. It's to Steve. It's not your hamper. <laughs> your wife just ransacked she it just already. Out, it must be for John. We'll have that. Poor Steve is like... <laughs> he's, a, he's a comic like you. Obviously, it's a thing. Comics yeah. get sent hampers. Um, yeah. But anyway, in the olden days, mm. gifting was, was a thing you did at Upwards. It was from servant to master. That's mad, isn't it? Isn't it? it? A bit unfair. Think, like, Thank you, master, for me being exploited all year. Have, have let, let yeah. me buy you loads of presents. Uh, what, what little money I do have, let me spend it on yeah. you who doesn't need anything. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea that was the way. Yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, uh, the, the 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 theory, and I'm not sure how uh, established this is, that the idea of giving presents comes from Saint Nicholas, whose Saint's yeah. Day is December the sixth. Uh, he gave out bags of money. To uh, to three young girls to stop them becoming prostitutes. Ah, oh, that's a lovely Happy story. Happy Christmas. Happy <laughs> Christmas. And uh, but basically, uh, he was a sort of you know a, pimp. a, a philanthropist. No, right? a philanthropist. Or, no. <laughs> 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 but because he, he is all he is also isn't he Saint Nic- Nicholas? I've I've just because re- I wrote a thing about this last year and I've forgotten most of it. But he is the patron saint of prostitutes. Is he? Yeah, um, and things like I think archers. Um, I think he's an, as, not not the archers. He's uh, not the patron saint of the archers. No, and uh, <laughs> sailors for some reason, sailors yeah, and, and their children. Think... And he's patron saint of children because obviously all those That's presents right. was nice. But Saint Nicholas, of course, is where we get mm. Santa Claus from. Yeah, that's a corruption of that. One of my bridesmaids to be, Sophie. She's Dutch. Yes, and because she celebrates on the sixth of December, Sinterklaas. Yes, and they have a bit of a problem over there, don't they? With with Schwarzer. I I wondered whether we were going to go into this or not. I think it's worth it because it's very interesting. How do you say Schwarz Peter? Schwarzer Pete. Yeah. So it's Black Peter is his name, and the 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 story goes that he's um, Santa's little helper. Yeah. And it's a chance to black um, up for the races. And and it's yeah. So um, the character himself. Is supposed to be covered in soot. Okay, but he's also portrayed as being servile, a fool, an idiot. Yeah, uh, you know, um, and so you know the fact that there's every Christmas there's lots of people blacking up and pretending to be stupid. It's they a bit finally went. Isn't it? Oh, hang on, a minute. Oh, it's a bit problematic. The, the woke community have ruined Christmas, taken away Schwarzer Peter. <laughs> so it's, I mean, do do look. It's it's an interesting sort of story. Um, David Sedaris wrote a. A thing about it right. years ago, sort of from the point of view as an American in Holland, going, uh, guys, I'm not sure this, about this blacking up thing. I think this is all right. Um, <laughs> Little Britain would do it, wouldn't they? <laughs> oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, they they did sort of. I know I'm, I'm, my Dutch friend Sophie won't mind me saying this, that I think because it's so deeply traditional, they don't think about Dutch it. people. They don't think about, and it's taken quite a while, I think, for them to go. Hang on a minute. Oh, actually, this isn't great. You know, and I sort of understand that because you would defend something that's part of your childhood and part of this magical part of your child. If somebody now turned around to you and told you Father Christmas is actually racist, yeah, it's like me with my. It would be like, oh God, no, I can't cope with you know. Take a while to be able to sort of. It's like me with my clan costume. You know, it's like. Oh, John. <laughs> It's like, apparently it's racist now. Apparently they're not even allowed to go riding through, you know, deprived neighbourhoods, setting fire to their churches. You can't even burn across you in your garden You can't even burn anymore. across. Apparently that's racist now. Oh, um, so, um, yeah, lots of different versions of the personification of Christmas. A wild man in the woods, a little elf with a long pipe. They were usually dressed in dark clothes. But did, and- did Coca-Cola dress Santa in red? He was dressed in green before that, he right? He was dressed in all colours, often dark clothes. Mm. But we're gonna, you're going to have to wait to the end of the podcast to find out whether it was a Coca-Cola dun, marketing dun, campaign dun. or whether that's a, a QI klaxon. 
occasion. There's also in other traditions, I know in Germany, I think, it, for example, you have Krampus, which is the sort of anti-Father Christmas right. that we don't have here. So you have these sort of terrifying creatures that children would be threatened with. Yes. You know, like, if you don't behave, not only will Father Christmas not bring you any presents, but also... Krampus is going to come and wreak <laughs> havoc on your house. Yeah, that's so... like the, the scissor man's going to cut off your thumb. And then the kid goes, yeah. I'm scared. What's the, why are you scared, darling? Because you told me all these yeah. horror stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the old days, uh, it wasn't uh, just if you're, the good, if you're good, you will get um, nice presents. Stockings were, you know, go back a fair way. You put out stockings and they would put nuts and oranges in your stockings. But if you're a bad child, you would get manure and rotten <laughs> vines put in your stockings and it says like well, wake up in the morning what have you got i've got manure what have you got i've got rotten vines oh thanks mum oh thanks santa you know so that would have been oh uh, yeah, nice for a child isn't it i mean the, the thing of oranges my mum still used to put oranges satsumas in my stocking when i was a kid and i was like what's the point of that there's a fruit bowl there i'm allowed to help myself to a satsuma whenever yeah. i want don't waste space in my stocking with a bloody satsuma and a walnut I still put a sat. I I do. We have no children in our house, yeah. but I still do a stocking for Aww. myself and Matt, Aww. and it has a satsuma in it <laughs> what's and the, some nuts. What's the point? Because it's tradition, John. My mum. It's the magic of Christmas. My mum, who gave me the bubble hat, she used to give yeah. me a chocolate orange at Christmas, mm-hmm. all wrapped up. One in Christmas, she said, "Oh, I did get you a chocolate orange. It was under the tree." But I woke up in the night. And I was so hungry, so I got up and opened it and ate it. But I shared it, I shared it with a dog. I love your mum, John. I your shared it with a dog. It was brilliant. delicious. A, don't give your dog don't chocolate. Don't give chocolate to a dog. Yeah, but also give your chocolate to me that's got John written yeah. on the box. Yeah, but she said it was delicious. It was three o'clock in the morning and I ate the whole thing. Um, so, your mum sounds brilliant. Oh, no, she was great. Bless her. God bless her soul. Um, so... Um, you know, Christmas continued to be a time of feasting, gifting, singing, celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus. But then along comes the Reformation. Angela. Reformation, Reformation comes along, ruins everything, yep. doesn't it? Bloody Puritans. Puritans, bloody St. Nicholas is out. He's a, he's along a, he's come a saint. The proddy parts of Europe, yep. along with all their proddy saints. Yeah, well, no proddy saints, really. They're anti-saint, aren't they? It's all about Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the name Santa Claus, obviously, is from St. Nicholas. So the idea of Chris Kringle, that is a, a, a an attempt to take that figure back to the Christ child. So Chris, it's like uh, Christ a kinder. Uh, It's it's trying Mm. to take that figure to represent Christ rather than a saint. So these are different characters, Chris Kringle and Santa Claus. Chris Kringle is essentially Jesus. Yeah, it is. That's the attempt. I I mean, I don't think it stands up to much when you watch Miracle on 34th Street and Chris Kringle is basically Santa. But that was (laughs) the attempt of the Protestants to sort of reclaim uh, the figure away from the saints. But the boring old Puritans, you know, obviously had to stop all the fun. Cromwell had forgotten yeah. to get his wife a Christmas present. So Christmas was cancelled, <laughs> completely cancelled uh, when the Puritans came to um, power in England. In Scotland, it had been out in 1638, they'd stopped Christmas. Wow. But what happened, of course, because people carried on feasting and carried on partying. What they did inadvertently is make Christmas more secular. Because right, people, so go, if you don't want it to represent your religion, yeah, we'll just do it. We'll just, have the, we'll just do the drinking and partying. Lots of yeah. lots of uh, unexpected babies in September and October. I'm just I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying people find uh, a way to celebrate one way or the yeah. other. My um, brother was born in September, and I constantly remind him of that. Yes, fact. So yes, Christmas was cancelled under Cromwell. Will it come back? Will Christmas return? Dun, dun, dun. We're going to take a break. 
And you'll never know until you hear the second half of this. Is Christmas continued to be a thing? Hello, welcome back to We Are History. Uh, we're talking about the history of Christmas. Uh, we left yes. it, Angela, Christmas in crisis. Bit of a cliffhanger, John. Bit of a cliffhanger. Oof. Puritans have abolished it. Did it ever come back, John? It did. Christmas. I'm going to tell oh. you, yes, it did come back with the restoration of Charles II. People could Phew. put on Santa hats and puke up on the train again. On the way back from the office party. How lovely. Oh, uh, lovely. I mean, before that, displaying a bit of holly was like a, a revolutionary act. It had been a political statement to put up greenery. Put up holly in your... Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... Uh, it continued to not be a thing in Scotland right up until the 20th century. Uh, official what, cri- Christmas, yeah, they didn't really, until the beginning of the middle of this century, no, sorry, the last century, the 1940s, 50s, it was a very low key in Scotland, very, uh, it was considered to be a pagan thing. They made much bigger deal of Hogmanay. Uh, oh, and it wasn't officially unbanned in Scotland until 1958. 1958? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's one of those laws. Have we not got round to... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Hang on a minute. This, yeah. Am I still supposed to put a shovel in yeah, the boot of my car? There's lots of, uh, of the... <laughs> yeah. There's lots of accounts in these books that I read about people saying, "Why don't we have Christmas, Dad?" And it's like, "Oh, that's an English thing. That's an American thing. We don't do that here. It's, yeah. That's for the heathens." Um, and but it's just that Fair sort point. of globalization and English influence, you know, made it sort of eventually reach Scotland. Well, obviously, John. Here's a little thing we can do, yeah. right? Because um, Christmas traditions vary not just with time, but yes. With location and geography, we've learnt that. And I a little while ago, I recorded an interview with Sarah Millican for... It'll be on Radio 4 Extra on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, ladies okay. and gentlemen, if you want to listen to it. You hear it first. as part of that interview, I did a little quiz with her. Okay. Um, a true or false quiz about Christmas traditions around the world, right? Ooh. So I thought, well, what I could do is a little sneak preview of it here. Oh, you can you. do it on me. I'll test you on it okay. as well. Oh, um, this is like now, celebrity pointless all over again. <laughs> I called it, John, very cleverly, Christmas yay or Christmas nay. Ah, very right? good. Okay. Okay. So I've got eight Christmas traditions and I want you to tell me if it's a real one or one that I made up in my head. Okay. All right? Okay. So number one, in Japan, KFC is such a popular Christmas dinner destination that they have to hire extra staff. I'd say Yay. You're right, it's true. Um, Christmas isn't a national holiday in Japan, but apparently in the 70s, a group of foreigners tried to um, find turkey to celebrate Christmas Day, and and the nearest they could find was chicken, and KFC saw a gap in the market, and since then, they now have their yearly Kentucky for Christmas campaign. That's my Christmas lunch sorted. We're getting KFC (laughs) bargain buckets all around. Number two, in Hungary, because such a large number of the population live in apartments... Santa doesn't come down the chimney, but he comes through the letterbox instead. Uh, I'm going to say yay. That's actually made up, John. Is Although it, uh... it, it isn't exactly. It's because I was brought up in a flat. Right. Um, and that's what my parents told me. Ah, because so... we didn't have a chimney and we had people comes living above us. So um, Father Christmas came through the letterbox. He was letterbox. a lasto man. <laughs> yes, he was indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Ukrainians decorate their Christmas trees with fake spider webs and spiders. Oh, that's weird. Nay. It's yay. Is it? Wow. And the reason they do it is quite lovely. It's um, Apparently it's, it comes from a folk tale about a woman who couldn't afford to decorate her Christmas tree. 
Um, and so she just had a plain Christmas tree. And when she woke up in the morning, a spider had done it for her with a beautiful glistening web. You see, in my house, I went, ah, John, get, ah, get that spider out. out. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, it's tree, massive. It's massive. Don't, no, don't drop it. Don't drop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. In Norway, everyone hides their broomsticks on Christmas Eve because they believe witches will come and joyride on them. I'm going to say yay. That's right. It's true. Traditionally, families squirrel away their brooms before they go to bed on Christmas Eve. Wow. Okay. Um, now with the hoovers. No, with the, yeah, now exactly. The dice, now the hoovers, dice. Like, yeah. <laughs> who, who has a broomstick? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. Um, number five. In Greece, it is bad luck to eat chocolate on Christmas Day. Oh, it's got to be a nay. That is a nay. Could yeah, you imagine? Yeah, quite well, a chocolate. Mean, if my mum hasn't got up in the middle of the night and eaten it all. <laughs> <laughs> number six. Right, three more to go, John. Number six. In Catalonia, a traditional nativity scene will always include a defecating man. Oh, my God. That's so bizarre. It must be true. It is. They, well, it's, well, gonna... they it's not a bit it, irreligious, isn't it? It must be well, like... They're, they're a little bit scatological, the Catalonians. They? And they, they have... Um, in every nativity scene in, in Catalonia, they'll have a... It's like a figurine of a peasant man and he wears a red cap and he has his trousers down and he's taking a shit. Do you know what the symbolism of it is? And it, I can't remember what it is, but they also have a thing where you have to feed the... your. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. There's something they have to feed as well, like some creature or something they have that they have to feed until it shits out a your log. This is there lovely. You Thank you. you well, Radio 4 Thank is you, Catalonia. Love... You're, not, you're not going back on Radio 4 after this, Angela. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I've said way worse than that on Radio 4 in my time. Um, okay, number seven. In Liechtenstein, children have to pass a spelling test before Santa will give them any Christmas presents. Meaning Liechtenstein is one of the most literate places in Europe. Uh, f- false. That is false. Of no, course you can't spell Lichtenstein. Can they can't even spell Lichtenstein. <laughs> the education system needs all the support it can get. Make them pass the spelling test to get their presents. We'd be way ahead of the game. Um, can you tell I don't have kids? Um, <laughs> and finally, in Iceland, there is a giant cat who will eat you if you wear scruffy clothes on Christmas Day. I don't think they have cats in Iceland, do they? I don't think they have dogs. Uh, I'm going to say no. It's true. The Yule yeah, okay. Cat, it's called. Yeah. And it's a monster from Icelandic folklore who lurks in the snow and eats people who are wearing scruffy clothes. So, well, John, I'm looking at you now on Zoom. Smarten up, mate. Yeah, look, look or, at this. You know. Look at my little beautifully darned elbow that Jackie did. Oh, sort of visible, colourful darning. Beautiful. You didn't darn your own elbow, John. No, but she wanted to do it. She was like, I've just invented this thing where you do a visible darning. I don't think we'll oh. put this bit on the... We won't put this bit on the, uh, on the Zoom's <laughs> On the show's pipe, but it's quite nice, isn't it? Oh, lovely, um, yeah, I like it. So, Christmas trees. Christmas trees have been popular mm-hmm. uh, in the UK since Victorian times. And we've we've adapted the German tradition of bringing a tree into the house. But bringing greenery in goes way back before that. Like holly and uh, ivy and... Holly and ivy, exactly. Deck the halls with boughs of holly is actually an ancient... So you can't not do that. As Miranda would go, Yeah, that actually is an ancient Welsh hymn. Oh, Carol, it goes way back, yeah. Bits of branch, various decorations, bits of oak or whatever. Mistletoe. Mistletoe, so that you could sexually harass the women in the office. Exactly. There's no mistletoe... Apparently the mistletoe industry is really suffering this year because obviously COVID means kissing under mistletoe not to be encouraged. And I say good fucking riddance to it. (laughs) It must be annoying to be a young, attractive woman and have all the blokes going... Well, I wouldn't know about that, John. Um, But... (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> did the Christmas tree come to Britain with Prince Albert? That's my quiz to you, Angela. Um, yes. No. That's what I've always been brought up to believe. No, it was predates him. It, well, Ooh, William really? IV, for example, had one down in your manor in Brighton. At in the, Brighton? Uh, did he really? He had one down at in the... In the William uh, IV pub down in the lane? No, not the pub, Angela. At oh. the pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Where Albert uh, did make a difference is he popularised it. So when they had a picture of the royal family on the front page of the Illustrated London News, all sitting around a Christmas tree, and Christmas yeah. trees all over the place, that cemented the idea in the British psyche. We should all have one and, of uh, Yeah, and then suddenly it was like, oh, we're all going to do that. So back then... Do you then, have a real tree, John? We do have a real tree, actually, yeah. Um, I, don't, I can't have a real... I'm really allergic to it. Are you? Yeah, so we've got a, a fake one. We've got a non-drop, which is the the original fake news, that is. Nice right, non-drop yeah. tree, that is. So, well, get it home. <laughs> no awful not. In the olden days, in Victorian times, of course, the tradition was to have candles on the dry branches. Uh, live what? Wax, terrible. Wax idea. would drip, and then the weight of the candle would shift as the wax went, and so it would li- rise up to the nearer to the branch above. Basically, oh. insurance companies would not insure houses with lit candles on the trees. It got so bad. Uh, quite rightly. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, light it's it. so insane. <laughs> I feel bad. In, I'm paranoid enough about the fairy lights on the tree that one of them's going to, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's, that, of course, came in at the turn of the century. And that was a big change. And then, yeah. you know, there's that great tradition of dad lining them up on the floor and changing the bulb <laughs> on everyone, testing... <laughs> I wonder if when the Oxford Street lights go up, somebody has to go along checking yeah, every bowl. Oh, oh. Oh, um, what I hate is when you, you, you get them out of the box and you yeah. plug them in and they come on and you're like, oh, brilliant, they work. And then you put them on the tree and then and they, they don't work. work. I know. We still haven't got to... I mean, we talked a bit about presents, John, but yeah. let's get back to the presents because yep. that's the good bit, right? Yeah. Um, it's, apparently, back then, yes. Christmas presents were unwrapped. Yeah, well, it's like a big they, deal to wrap up presents. They did have sellotape back then and stuff, and you know, bits. Of, <laughs> but uh, but in fact, the act of handing it over would have been diminished if you couldn't see in that moment what, what you'd was. given them. So but then in that no surprise. Well, it's a sort of bit of surprise. You go, look what I got you, and you go, oh yeah, tin soldiers again. Give me a moment of hope before I see that it's more socks. Oh, it's, it's myrrh. Oh, not myrrh from the <laughs> Mer, body shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and in that picture in the Illustrated London News, I think you can see picture you can see the presents for what mm. they are under the tree. So it must have been hard for the kids to keep their hands off the toys. Yeah, oh the, god, yeah, it's torture, isn't it? If they're just yeah. there, but you can't play with them till Christmas Day. Yeah, wrapping came popular after the invention of sellotape in the nineteen seventies. In the sorry, nineteen thirties, nineteen thirties. But remember oh. that uh, mass production was not a thing back in the day so of course people didn't have lots of things you can no you know to, it was a big deal to own a few things it's funny isn't it i was talking about this someone the other day about how like to give a child today a like a, a something you make i've been making a lot of presents this year well, John. that's very worthy um, so feel very sorry for my relatives that yes. those. um this i'm going to show you this now on zoom because it's right here i made a toy of my dog oh that's great do you that's like good. it yeah that's for Matt's mum. Oh, yeah. It's um, <laughs> pretty impressive. Anyway, so I've been making making Christmas presents, and um, I just thought to to the kids in my life, like my friends' kids, yeah. if I gave them something I'd made, they'd just look at it and be like, "Well, where do the batteries go?" Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, what's, what sort of pieces crocker shite is this? Yeah, what is this? Where's my? <laughs> and I do think that kid, like kids' enjoyment of a Christmas present seems to be directly proportional to sort of how much slave labour was involved in creating it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's kind of sad, really, isn't it? Oh, because it 
I know my mum always talks about... My mum was one of nine children living wow. in a three-bedroom council house. So they were they were proper poor. Wow. Um, but uh, my granddad, her dad, was um, uh, quite uh, skilled at making things. So he would make their Christmas. They couldn't afford to buy yeah, Christmas yeah. presents for nine kids. God. So he would ma- my mum always talks about he made... Her and her sister had to share it, but he made a, this, like, doll's cot. Oh. And it was like a proper cot, but scaled down, you know, and he hand-painted it and everything. And how beautiful that was. And I just thought, I can't really remember any of my childhood Christmas presents because they were all mass-produced shit, yeah. really. Yeah, but know? also we were, spoiled. we were spoiled by so the fact spoiled. that uh, things were cheaper and uh, were, were lasted for a bit and then were thrown away. But that was yeah. just not the case in Victorian times. You know, you, you, you treasured what few possessions you had and it was, you know, making things took a long time. And do you know, to illustrate this point, the one Christmas present I do really remember and was my best Christmas day ever was um, I was about seven and my mum and dad, uh, they just had no money. Like they were really not, I think my dad might have been unemployed that year and it was just in the 80s. But my mum was working in an office and she basically, she bought this like cardboard briefcase, like a really, I don't know where she got it, this cardboard briefcase. And she filled it up with stationery from her office. (laughs) Oh God, she swiped swiped it. Swiped a load of stationery. But it was the best present I've ever had because I had like proper grown up stationery. I had, and I you've still loved got those, it. You've still got those post it notes now. I'm still obsessed with stationery to this day, and and I swear anyway. it, it was the most memorable, best Christmas present right. I ever had. That. The police are on their way to your mother's house now. <laughs> um, and then, then of course it was a time for tipping the servants, and that's where the Christmas boxes uh, is where we get Boxing Day from. Right, so that, oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. It's but, not to do with having a fight with your family. No, it's not to do, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've got a poem here, which goes okay. from way back from this book. It goes, some boys are rich by birth beyond all wants, beloved by uncles and good old aunts. <laughs> when time comes round, a Christmas box they bear and one day makes them rich for all the, yeah, Obviously, rhyming was in its early days. <laughs> this is why I hate poetry, John. Yeah, this is like, why rhyming had only just been invented, and so they're still, you know, they're they're still just getting the hang out. of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, not, you know, we don't have uh, Boxing Day in every country in Europe, and it has uh, St Stephen's Day, as it's called in Ireland, mm-hmm. has its own uh, traditions. Hunting That's a when wren. Good King Wenceslas last looked out. That, on was, the yeah, that was the feast of Stephen. I used but, to think. You see, I didn't when. Christmas carols, John, they're very confusing yeah. to a child. Yes. Because I thought the Feast of Stephen... So I thought he was looking out the window at St Stephen having his dinner. At the Feast of Stephen, looked out at the Feast, at the feast of, of Stephen. Stephen. Right? <laughs> yeah, why Makes not? Sense. In the same way, I thought for a very long time, John, um, that a virgin right. was... that. Let, bear with me. Was the manger. <laughs> right? Because in Silent Night, yeah. it very clearly says... Round John, virgin, mother and child, right? But in the count, it's like they put a comma between virgin yeah. and mother. It goes round yon virgin, mother and child. Yeah. But the mother and child are around the virgin. They're sitting round the manger, right? And then Madonna released Like a Virgin. And oh, yeah. I was so confused, John. So like confused. a manger wouldn't be like a, good, a manger. It's genuinely what I thought it was about because I was thought, what six thought, or seven when that came out. You thought there's a type of bear called the holly bears are berry. <laughs> <laughs> so the Christmas music goes way back. Actually, it goes way back to the fourth century. Uh, that first record was "Merry Christmas, Everybody" by Slade. Uh, I've still got my seven-inch actually... version of "Merry Christmas, Everyone" by Shaky Stevens. Still have got you? it. Ah, oh, oh, well, um, 
Uh, Christmas carols uh, were originally in Latin, of course. I do have to confess, I used to, you think I'm posh, Angela, but some of the people that I know through the world of comedy, as you can imagine, are even posher than me. All the people are in footlights and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, I would yeah. go along to a Christmas carol service at Douglas Adams' house, where there was sort of Clive Anderson and all these, sort of, uh, Angus Deaton, all these sort of Oxbridge footlights type people. And they all knew the hymns in Latin, the German descant bit of sort of, oh, you know, yeah. still nacht or whatever. And my my school memory of hymns is Hosanna in Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as sophisticated as we got in my school. That's um, why. Oh, yeah. John, I, I, it makes me feel better when I hear stories about me not you, me feeling you common. Not being posh. You know that <laughs> so bit in common. I don't know what that makes me. You know that bit in Love Actually where uh, Kira Knightley is holding up those cards at the door and says, and oh, says yeah. "Say it's carol singers." Yeah. Well, my um, uh, daughter-in-law is American, and she's seen that film ten times before she realised that carol singers wasn't the wasn't name a of person. a person. Because <laughs> <laughs> they call them carolers. So That's so this. So she, all this time she's watching it, say it's Carol Singers. She goes, Carol give him a quid, give him a quid and tell him to fuck off. She's very rude to her friend Carol. <laughs> My friend Lulu Popplewell, yeah. who is a stand-up comic, was the little girl in love, actually. Ah. I would say that Christmas singles and those songs is a is a Christmas tradition that's probably peaked and is on its way out now. Uh, I think of... it peaked in the 80s. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's been a decent Christmas song yeah. since then, really. Because you have, we used to have one every year. It would be, there was Shaker Stevens' Merry Christmas, everyone. There was uh, Mistletoe on oh, Wine. Oh, it's always, yeah, there yeah. Was, do they know it's Christmas? Every year it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, but it's, it's sort of, well, it goes, it goes. you know, I mean, uh, Bing Crosby had a record-breaking uh, oh, yeah. single with White Christmas. But I think it's, uh, as the sale of singles has declined, I don't think they bother so much now. No. But the carol was originally a song of the spring and it, and it became to mean a Christmas song. Uh, song so we're up to the victorian times our image of christmas is quite tied up with victorian times and dickens mm. and a christmas carol and in america with washington irving and and these writers sort of set down a template for christmas that didn't really exist in those countries at the time and mm. sort of became the template via the fictional version of it we're dickensian aren't we now yeah yeah so carol singers always dressed up in those bonnets and sort of hand muffs and stuff and those are the images you'll see on Christmas cards as well. Christmas cards, of course, started, couldn't get going until the Penny Post started in 1840. Most yeah. of the images, not religious, mostly of, um, you know, robins or stagecoaches. There's, there's some really creepy Christmas cards from the Victoria. If you Google Victorian Christmas cards, some oh, of them yeah. are really creepy. What, little sort of children on Santa's lap or something. the children and yeah, just, I don't know. The, the Victorians were a bit creepy. They were they? creepy. They had it all sort of suppressed, didn't they? But what I, yeah. I think the thing we don't appreciate now is what a utterly image-saturated environment we live in. So seeing pictures is just something we utterly take for granted. But in the days before TV, film, colour magazines, television phones... You know, to to receive a colour image through the post was something to really look at and something to really marvel at. Look at that lovely yeah, of picture course. of that that robin or that countryside image because you just didn't have access to. You'd have to go to a gallery, which not everyone could do. Um, colour printing wasn't a thing, so uh, to get a, a Christmas card was a, was something you, you 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 didn't just cast it on the side. Go, oh, there's Auntie Jean sent me a card. You stopped and you looked. At it. <laughs> Do you still send Christmas cards, John? Do you know what? Because I, um, I, I saw... think your one to me has got lost in the post. Okay, probably. there's one coming. Do you know what? My daughter is producing some quite cool ones. So oh, I will really? send you one of those. Is she uh, selling them? She's flogging them, yeah. 
Oh, I'd uh, love to. Is, are they on her website? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're really good. They're like sort of, sort of Mrs. Claus going, I gave up a fucking career in astrophysics for this. And, the, uh, oh, amazing. And Snow is Woman it, getting paid less and stuff like that. We should that. do a little so, plug for your do- Lily O'Farrell vulgar drawings. Absolutely thank brilliant. Thank you. Um, She's got more so bloody do, followers than I have. Yes, and deservedly so. She's got a lot of talent. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, pre-telephone, uh, sending cards was how you kept in touch. Now we don't bother. I've given up. I sent one to my elderly uncle, who's the last one of that generation still alive. Oh. I'll send one to Alf Dubs, who I um, don't get to see as much as oh, I'd like lovely. to. To people like you, Angelo, who I'm chatting to on bloody Zoom. Yeah, fair enough, fair well, enough. Maybe I'll send you one just because it's a <laughs> I've just bought uh, some lilies while you've been you know, talking. Now, I think they're sort of slightly cynical Christmas cards. It's normally but you get them from somebody who wants a tip or... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I got I one from, uh, you know, the, the season's, season's greetings really means you had a curry delivered from our tandoori once and we made a note of your address. <laughs> <laughs> do I do send them to my family in Newfoundland. Oh, I send them good. to people I'm not going to see that year, really. That's the way to do it, I think. Which I, this you... year is fucking everybody. <laughs> oh, of course. I used to get one every year from Tony Blair and Cherie for my sterling work for the Labour Party so when he was have, Prime have Minister. Have you got a copy of the famous Blair and Cherie Christmas card where it looks like she's holding him back from having a fight? I probably would have It looks like done, she's going, leave it, Tony. Every, Do you know every, what I mean? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> every year I would, um, it would say from Tony and Cherie and I would sign and John and I'd send it on to Mark Steele. <laughs> Love it. And he's like in the SWP, you know, hated Blair yeah, with yeah, a passion. Yeah. And he used to get oh, this card it. going, how come I've got a Tony picture of Tony Blair? It's like, this is weird. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then the other thing I do, a little tradition I have, Angela, is to um, yeah. send a card from a made up couple. So send one to a friend of mine from from Rachel and Jeff. <laughs> and, they, and they go, who are Rachel and Jeff? We haven't sent them one. And just leave them you, guessing for, you, for weeks. You don't do the same one every year. I should do. Always Rachel and Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, <laughs> yeah, love, I, do. I do love that every family has its own little traditions. That yes, are, yes. You know, in our house, Christmas slippers. Are the, okay. uh, Christmas Eve, we get new slippers, like slipper okay. socks or Christmassy themed things. But I do like that every family has its own. When my dad was alive, God rest him, he was a Christmas nut. My dad oh, really? like, completely loved it. And his house would look like Christmas and vomited on it. It was just a proper tacky Christmas. Because you have to remember, oh, this good, is a man good, who good. ran a sex shop for a living, right? Yep, he was not yep, a classy yep. man. So every year you'd get presents, like silly little presents from the Sugar Plum Fairy, Frosty the Snowman, uh, Rudolph. And then as you got older, you'd get you'd get an alcoholic present and good. he'd say it's from Chanticleer. <laughs> Very good. Like that. And then you'd get one, as you were of a certain age, you'd get a silly present from his shop, which would be from Sexy Santa. Oh, my God. And But it'd be just something like, it wouldn't be It wouldn't be anything to do. It would be like some chocolate nipples or something, you know, or some penis okay. pasta or whatever. Still, some, still one of the not silliest, comfortable. Not comfortable, still not, It's not entirely comfortable, but you'd get that. And one year, um, it was when I, I think it was when I was a student nurse. Yeah, it must have been when I was a student nurse because I was living in um, Tooting. I was at St. George's Hospital. So I was working Christmas Day. And so I wasn't going to see my family. So my dad posted me my Christmas present, right? And so inside it was like my main Christmas present. And in the package, you had these little gifts. And one of them was the gift from Sexy Santa. Oh God. And that year, the gift from Sexy Santa was a badge that when you pressed it, 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 it the badge says something like, press here to turn me on. And it was the sound of a woman having an orgasm. Lovely. Right? It was this badge. Oh, lovely, Daddy. Thank you. Happy Christmas, Daddy. <laughs> but I wasn't in when the postman delivered it. So I oh, had to go no. to the delivery office to pick it up 
on the Saturday before <laughs> Christmas. So it was rammed in there. Oh, no. And as they, you know what's going to happen, yeah, don't you? As yeah, they handed me the parcel, it started making the noise of a woman having an <laughs> orgasm. Very, And all I could do was go, it's from my dad. Oh, no. <laughs> All I could say, just run out of there. Oh, God. So, um, very there good, you go. Very good. Well, Christmas um, traditions, aren't they great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, so, okay, well, we've got to nearly the end of our podcast. When it's time to yes. reveal, what yeah, about oh, Santa? Oh. Santa and now, Coca-Cola, is that true or false? I'm going to say it's true, John, because I don't believe Coca-Cola would ever lie to us. <laughs> well, in fact, it predates Coca-Cola. In 1915, it was the White Rock Mineral Water Company had adverts of Santa Claus in red. And really? uh, they did it in just one colour because that's the sort of uh, printing that was cheaper than many colours. And yeah. then later on, it was popularised by Coca-Cola, but not invented by them. Well, there you go. So that would have sent the QI alarm off, wouldn't it? That it would have done, yeah. So it's the White Rock Mineral Water Company. Uh, Santa Claus was, of course, German. So after the First World War, yeah. some children were told that you don't want presents from him. Oh, and of course, at that time, lots of soldiers come back from the First World War. Christmas crackers apparently were quite traumatic for many soldiers returning from the Great oh God, War. God, sort of give them flashbacks. Yeah, yeah to shell shock. Rudolph was oh, invented geez. in 1939 by a USA copywriter. So before that, did he have reindeer they just weren't named? No, sometimes Santa was uh, pulled by a star, like the, the comet of that led to Baby Jesus. So the reindeer are quite a modern invention. The various different things that uh, that made... Well, when I was at school, we sang a song, which I don't think we'd be allowed to sing now because it was popularised by Rolf Harris. But we sang a song about um, six white boomers. Do you know that one? Six white boomers? boomers, No, white boomers. Buying property and making it impossible for young people. No, a boomer (laughs) was um, an Australian word for kangaroo, John. Oh, sorry. And in Australia, the, the sleigh was pulled by six white boomers. Okay. Kangaroos. There you go. Snow white boomers chasing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Well, I think we're nearly at the end of our podcast. Uh, uh, new Christmas yes. traditions keep coming. They do. Jumpers, I think. Novelty jumpers. I mean, that's oh, a that's new one, isn't it? Really? Now. Matt's really happy yeah. to be working from home this year because they have their yeah. Christmas jumper day every year that he hates. Round robin letters boasting about your family. That was a that was a, that was a <laughs> God, brief that was Christmas a real tradition, thing, wasn't, it? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like that we develop them. It's like Whamageddon. That's a thing now, isn't it? Do you know the <laughs> Whamageddon. old... No, what's that? Whamageddon. It starts on the 1st of December and you have to try and avoid hearing Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> and the minute you hear it, you're out. You're Whamageddoned. Okay. So that's the thing. Well, uh, <laughs> well, there's many more, uh, you know, uh, uh, Christmas traditions that uh, have come and gone in our lifetime and they keep mm. on developing. It's a sort of party time to relax and celebrate family, get mm. drunk, have a holiday. I don't think people are particularly uh, attached to the uh, religious side of it. Um, no. But that's, you know, that's just a reflection always in every era. I think Christmas has been a reflection of the society during which it has occurred. Absolutely. January sales start 9am Boxing Day, Angela. They don't. They, they start don't. on Christmas Day now. Oh, my God. Because one day off My other half um, does the IT for a very large, very famous department store oh in my London. God. And he has to work on Christmas Day. That's, so they open the shops on Christmas Day. That is sacrilege. Yep. Well, yep. And the, the sales start online. Because you can't really have a day not shopping. Let's be honest. No. That's the main Come thing. On. That's madness. Happy Christmas to all our listeners. Yes, thank you for. St- it's been almost a year, John. It has been almost a year of uh, we, are doing we are history. Yeah, and what a year it's been. We'll what talk more about that next week. Next week we'll talk about that with our final one of the year. But for now, it's Happy our office party. And just put on the reindeer antlers. Uh, uh, I'm going to photo- Claus. I'm going to photocopy my bum on the office photocopier, <laughs> and wish I hadn't had so much of that mold wine. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.